Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast. This is a special episode. This is Outriders. State of the game for Destiny 2 in 2022. This is just my opinion on it. In a way, it's also a little bit of a retrospective. Kind of looking back, as I had to think about the past eight years almost of this franchise and what I think about it to kind of make heads or tails as to where I'm at right now with it, my thoughts and feelings on it. Before I get going on this, I do want to stress that this isn't going to be just me sitting here complaining for a very long time. I have concerns. I'm not going to lie about that. But I do have a lot of positive things to you know, speak about this game. I wouldn't have been around playing this game for eight years now if I didn't find things I liked about it. And I can honestly say one of the main things I liked about this game was the community that it found. And the friends I found within that community. I wouldn't even be doing this podcast if it wasn't for Venge and Bacon as well. Those two of my uh, favorite buds that I made out of this entire mess of a gaming community. And outside of, you know, my initial buds that I met in Destiny 1, I also met the lovely people over at Space Canada, who also took me in for a very, very long time, who I still actually play with, uh, depending on different games and such, like uh, Monster Hunter. We have a hunting guild in Monster Hunter, and we're all looking forward to... Um, Monster Hunter Rise coming out on the PlayStation in January of 2023. It's been a while since the Hunting Guild got back together. And uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. I'm pretty sure of it. And, you know, from there I've also met all sorts of wonderful people. Uh, Banishing Light. Banishing Light, Banishing Light. The new clan I'm in. Look, Burgundy World, J-Pants America, Legalic. Um... <laughs> I want to say Pitbull Hooligan, if I'm hoping I'm getting her name right, are the best mod ever, uh, Silent Killer, uh, truly awesome. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of wonderful people in there, and I would have never have met them if it wasn't for Destiny 2. So that's a huge positive for me. And I think Destiny's, like, internal logo, is, you know, their motto for Bungie is that we build worlds that builds friendships. And, yes, I will say that is actually very legitimate when it comes to this game in general. And I also can't forget about some of the other folks that I may not have seen as much anymore. But, um, like, last season, I got to play with Pasala. I got to play with... Uh, Joe Mess. I got to play with a lot of the people from the Nightman Cometh as we did and completed the uh, King's Fall Raid Triumphs. We got the Raid Seal done. Had to think for a second. It's been a long, long two months. Uh, also, you know, buds that I really don't get to play with anymore. Nem plays, Crypt Off, my friend Rogue Nine. You know, I don't get to see these folks anymore as often as I want to, but I never would have met them if it wasn't for this game. Asinine, he's another one. I met him through this game, through this podcast almost. Uh, Two Pints, he's another one. 
a friend of the show, Bam, uh, Bam Arzetta, also known as Jedi Polaris 23. I do talk to him quite a bit, you know. But there, there's this entire group, and there's more that I could start naming off, and I don't have time to do so. But yes, this game has been a very, very big part of my social sphere now for almost eight years. So that is a huge kudos to Bungie for facilitating a climate that allowed this types of friendships and, you know, companionships to flourish. If I was actually to say anything more about, like, the specifics about the game that I like outside of the, you know, overall environment, um, the sound design. I'm a huge proponent of the sound design to this game. From the weapon sounds of them discharging and reloading, even holstering them and readying them, they have their own unique sounds. Um, the, the little sound effects, depending on your environments that you are, from if you're in a vex area or a hive area, now in a uh, more witness slash darkness area, you know, the resonance noises that you hear. You heard them in the Vow of the Disciple raid, you hear them through. You know, the pyramid environments when you go into the big black pyramids. You know, things like that. Just amazing sound quality um, and sound design. And I like uh, I make this joke quite often, but I'll never forget the word status calamitous from hearing that blaring over the, the klaxons in Deep Stone Crypt during the Atrax fight. And, you know, that's part of the sound design. You know, the emergency warnings. And it gave immersion to the situation that, you know, we were invading and uh, things were going south that were outside of our control, so we had to try to get as much um, control back as humanly possible <laughs> before, I believe, the Morningstar decided to take a nosedive onto the surface of Europa. Speaking of Europa, and Deep Stone Crypt, because that's the raid, I really love the music that Bungie does. Deep Stone Lullaby, I still listen to to this very day. It's over two years later, I'm still listening to it. It's one of the songs I had played to my child when she was a little bit younger than this. She was about like, you know, two, one, two years old, when she was having problems to sleep at night. It's actually so well done. It helped her. It relaxed her and calmed her. And the music in this game is so invocative of the locations and the themes that you're experiencing. It's just like a perfect pairing. It's the peanut butter and jelly. You have the music and then you have the graphics and the aesthetics and the environment. And all of those things just tie together. And yes the artwork for the game itself is top tier. I can only imagine if the shackles come off of last generation consoles at some point in the future, what this game could potentially look like. Because there was already a little bit of a fidelity upgrade when I got my PS5 from PS4. So I'm wondering how much better this game can look when you don't have to kind of make sure that it'll run on a 
lower end console. And that's not a dig to the anybody on lower end console, but that's a testament to me wanting to see how far Bungie's art departments can truly push their designs from the actual world environments that you're playing around in patrol spaces, raid spaces, you know, uh, lost sectors, dungeons, things like that, to the enemies and how they're animated, to the guardians themselves and the guardians' attire, you know, the the uh, ornaments that we put on exotic weapons and legendary weapons and legendary gear, all these things, ships, sparrows, ghosts. I can only imagine what this stuff could potentially look like if some uh, limitations were lifted. Because I have nothing but respect for the artists at Bungie. And I also have to talk about, this is a little bit more recently, I'd say within the past like two years, but the storytelling has improved drastically from the dark days of Destiny 1's original campaign that ended with you fighting basically a blob in the Black Garden that animated three Vex statue minotaurs that fought you, and that was it. All the way up to the Witch Queen, where we had this somewhat investigation to discover how Savathun is wielding the light, only to find out that we've been used by her to re retain her memories back give them to her. So now she is a light bearer that has her memories back, which makes her even more dangerous than what she was. And even though we defeated her, we didn't stop her ghost. That means she's still a threat. So it's a win, but it isn't. Some ambiguity in there. But it's an ambiguity that has a face to it, kind of has a purpose to it. And the writing lately has had purpose. It has emotional weight behind it. Um, the uh, season of the haunted, where we went back onto the nightmarish, nightmare-infested um, Leviathan, Callus's ship, when it returned. You know, going through the storylines of Zavala, the Crow, Keitel. And getting a bigger, broader, emotional look at who they are fleshes them out more as characters. They're not just a vendor that gives you tokens that you trade in eventually, or give you some gear, or the occasional you know, wall of text for a quest. It's just a partial step on the way through. You actually got to know them. Because now they feel more complete. And Destiny's been doing a very good job with that lately. They've also been doing a very good job of this past year tying up the loose ends. They're going back into the story threads that are kind of dangling and to the best of their abilities, trying to tie them up, make them make sense for what's coming next. And none of this wouldn't matter if the gameplay wasn't any good. And one thing I can give Bungie all the kudos for the rest of my life on is they know what they're doing when it comes to how a first-person shooter should feel. It feels natural. It feels normal. It just feels good to control. It feels good that I can place shots. Hell, it still feels good when I miss shots. It's just on a different level. It feels terrible. 
but from you know weapon usage movement your abilities your supers all tying it together in a first person space they're just doing stuff that very few games are able to compete with the closest i can come up with with movement and gunplay is titanfall 2 and that wasn't a live service game like destiny and we've never gotten a sequel to it. I mean, there's like Apex Legends. It's in the same universe, but it's not the same. It's not Titanfall. But I don't want to talk about Titanfall. Because, you know, this is about Destiny 2. Yet, even with all those positives, you know, I'm trying to be as um, level-headed as possible here. Because, to tell you something, audience, um, back at the end of mid-October or something, I know it's been a while since we've had a podcast out, Benj and I were just kind of getting a little bit worn down with talking about the same old, same old over and over again. I didn't even go look at our backlogs. It's been almost two months since a podcast has gone up. Maybe by the time this goes up, it will be over two months. So, now I do apologize for such a long break. Um, it was up on our Twitter's reasons why and whatnot. If you didn't get to check that, uh, outside of us just kind of running out of steam talking about the same thing over and over again every week without too much forward movement. Uh, I had some personal losses in my life. Um, one, of my, you know, one of my dogs passed away, but, you know. He was our buddy. He was a family member. And that really hit me hard, but it hit my wife even harder. And hit our child pretty hard, too, in her own way. Even though she's only four, she doesn't really get what happened. So I had to take some time off for that. And then, you know, you're, you're away from it. You're not really doing too much. I spent any time I was playing, it was just doing the uh, King's Fall stuff. So I had a lot of time to reflect and then Vench and I got sick <laughs> we each uh, came down with a similar cold we're on two different areas of the, of the continental United States and we come down with a, basically a similar version of the cold and it just knocked us on our ass for a while we were actually going to do a recording about a week and a half two weeks ago and we were both sick and then it was sick again and it's just it between a little bit of personal issues and just some bad luck and kind of running out of steam for being the end of the season of the plunder, which was the pirate theme season. It's now season of the Seraph, which if you're playing it at this moment is kind of Rasputin themed. Anna Bray, Exo Stranger, Clovis Bray, uh, tinges of Zivu Arath, the other sister of orcs. And Savathun, the, the hive god of war, is back. Like I said, tying up loose ends. And I came up with a game plan for myself. Uh, which I will disclose when I get to the end of this. I'm just using that to kind of tie it all together. But outside of the positives, returning to what I was saying about the state of the game, me having that time to think allowed me to 
truly consider what is kind of negative or maybe lacking for me. I'm only saying for me, I'm not trying to make a broad community demands blank. No, this is stuff that after eight years, I sit here and I go, I really wish that that was different. Or I've reached the point where I just don't like to do this particular thing any further. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that right now. And we're going to start with uh, the lack of improvements that I've seen to the corn ritual playlist activities in this game. Like, uh, for example, outside of what we might get in a big expansion, we really don't get too many new strikes back. Recently, they've been adding Battlegrounds. It's a nice little touch. But I kind of miss it where we, we got stuff like the Festering Core out of nowhere. Where we had other strikes just brought in. And that they felt special. And when Sunsetting happened, we lost a bunch of strikes. We also still have old strikes from content that was already vaulted. They're still available in the game. Now, while I like the Inverted Spire, and I like the Arms Dealer, Cade 6 is dead. Red War isn't happening anymore because it doesn't exist in the game. It makes really no sense to have those strikes around. But if we lose those strikes, then we have even fewer. So it's this really, really bizarre balancing act, in this, at least in the Vanguard playlist, where it needs an overhaul. Um, speaking of overhauls, a mode like Gambit, which I really enjoyed, enjoyed is the word, there's been no new maps or modes for that for years. The only new Gambit mode there was, was um, Gambit Prime, where you had these suits of armor that actually bestowed bonuses depending on the role that you were playing. And they set it up. Current Gambit is this bizarro hybrid of Prime and Basic Gambit that is very divisive amongst people that play it. You know, I just don't take it seriously and I have a good time and I know there's others that are just like, I can't do it. And that's fine. But Gambit has had no new maps. In fact, Gambit lost two maps. So we went from six to four. And there's been nothing to replace them with. That's that's terrible. There's no new modes for Gambit. It's just Gambit. Crucible has mayhem. It has uh, momentum control. It has a couple of other things. Gambit has nothing. I think taking away Gambit Prime was a bad idea. I wish Gambit Prime was kind of like a rotator like Trials of Osiris, maybe. You know, it only comes back on the weekends. It's for these serious players that actually want to play against a team. Maybe it should have had its own reward listings at that point. Different types of loot. Different armor sets. Things like that. Maybe that was what Gambit needed to get the competitive side going. But it's just languishing. Uh, to some people in the more online and vocal side of the Destiny player base and community, Gambit is a joke. 
And it really sucks because that was kind of my like my favorite mode. And the uh, weekly ritual activities was Gambit. I loved playing Gambit. I really don't like it anymore. Cruz, speaking of maps, Crucible <laughs> needs maps. And I know we're starting to get maps back, but there was years without new maps. Europa still doesn't have a map. Yeah, we got a map for um, Savathun's Throne World from Witch Queen, uh, but it's really good for Rift, but Disjunction's not really good for anything else. We've gotten back older maps, uh, some from Taken King era, era, D1 maps, and it's just, there needs to be new maps, more new maps. I know they have, a, Bungie has a schedule that's coming, but I think there needs to be a little bit more of a focus on more maps, new maps coming, not old maps re being brought back, and really make effort to match a playlist style with maps that are more attuned to it. I, I don't see control working very well on Disjunction. I'm, I'm using Disjunction as reference. I know there's people that absolutely hate that map. I actually really like that map. But I like that map because it feels like you're playing on uh, you know, a football field or a soccer pitch. And it's perfect for like a sporting type game mode like Rift. I don't see it good for too many other things. Now, uh, the vendors themselves. We can now focus weapons and things, but that's just not really good enough. I don't know. It just seems dull. I also think the pricing is really prohibited. Like it's just really expensive to do it, especially Gambit. I've worked on trying to get my 5 out of 5 roll for the Servant Leader uh, Pulse Rifle from the Gambit playlist which is the old Randy's throwing knife roll. Looted barrel, extended mag, rapid hit, kill clip, with a ranged masterwork. Servant leader rolls that. That was a Randy's throwing knife roll, because it's also a rapid fire frame pulse ri uh, scout rifle, just like Randy's throwing knife. And it's like 20,000 glimmer per attempt it's plus you know you have to have the gambit engram plus so many legendary shards and I, I just think that's cost prohibited I think 20,000 glimmer is just too much I also would like to see better cosmetics being offered and better rewards for multiple um, resets in a season I think it's improving where you can get rolls on weapons that have multiple perks in the third and fourth column. Still all random. But I think there's more to be done. And I hope it is something that is looked at in the future because, you know, the core playlist activities are the meat and potatoes of the game when the expansion's been beaten and you're done with the seasonal stuff and that's the kind of stuff that keeps you around like, you know, Crucible um, 
activities themselves just also don't feel rewarding. You know, going through your the uh, Vanguard operations playlist, and it just feels like you get junk that you shard. Going into the Crucible, and it just it constantly feels like you're getting junk to shard. It doesn't feel like I get a lot of stuff that I'm interested in using. And I really wish there was a little bit more variety in there. A, more cosmetics that might randomly drop. You know? Um, I also find it strange that there's no solo queue for the Vanguard operations list. Because, frankly... I need something to do by myself. It's not a nightfall. Like, I just randomly run through strikes. If I was doing a solo, it would be a lot more entertaining for me than playing with a couple of randoms that I get matched with that run through everything, skipping everything, which I don't necessarily want to do, especially if I'm trying to do bounties. And... Um, it would just be an option. I think that is a well-deserved option, much like I also think that there should be, because this is the same vein, more matchmaking options needed. I've been saying this for quite a long time, if you've been listening to this podcast, that more matchmaking, I think, is a good thing. I think there should be matchmaking available across the board that is selectable. You have to opt into it for raids, period. Definitely dungeons. Dungeons Basic dungeons, not legend, not master level ones, but basic dungeons, definitely should have matchmaking. Definitely should have matchmaking. I still think that legend level nightfall strikes should be matchmade. It shouldn't just be cut off right before that. You know, master, no. Grandmaster, definitely no. I know others might argue differently, but legend, yes. And in fact, we were actually shown that that worked. Guardian Games 2022. Legend Nightfalls. Match made. That was the playlist. It was fun. Literally fun. A seasonal activity, a free seasonal activity that I despise. Because I don't like the tone of Guardian Games, which is player class versus class. And I hate that. It should be more team-based. Not just, you know... Warlock, Hunters, and, and Titans all going against each other based on their classes, but it should literally be team-based. Or you can have mixed teams of Warlock, Titans, and Hunters. But there's not enough options available for harder content for solo players because there's too many things that say you have to have a fire team already to go into it. And I know folks are saying, hey, we'll just use the Bungie app or go to an LFG. You can do that, but you shouldn't have to do that. There should be no reason that a legendary Nightfall Strike should be hidden behind. You have to have a pre-made fire team going into it. Have it set up for, you know, matchmaking. If people are not good enough to put on things to stun the champions that are in it, that's on them. 
and that's fine, and that should be the way it is. Sometimes players got to fail. If they don't learn, you know, they move on and do something else. If they're that frustrated and they quit, they were just never paying attention in the first place. But you got to trust that your players will also do the right thing and have, you know, the right gear on. I always made sure, just, I know I'm only speaking about me, but I only, always made sure when I did any kind of activity that had champions in it that required anti-champion mods, I made sure I had both types on, unless I was playing with my friends that I usually played with, who I could trust would at least have the other ones to fill in the gaps. If I didn't have them equipped. But if I'm playing with all random people, I always had all the anti-champion stuff ready to go. Because I wanted to make sure we were going to succeed. And uh, I really would like to see, you know, for the playlist activities, the core activities to, to succeed more in the future. Now we're talking about the seasonal model. And this could be a whole thing on its own. But I really... Yes, I've seen the game developer the game developer conference 2022 PowerPoint presentation that was gone over everything. It's essentially it's a uh, kind of pitch about how the company does business to other game developers and ones that might be interested in joining. And I know folks are going on about this, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what this actually said how that presentation went. I really didn't see too much wrong with it at the core. But I will say that I think that Bungie over relies on blueprinting their seasonal content. And what I mean by that is that each season is functionally identical with the beats that are offered. You basically know that week one is going to introduce things. Week two is going to kind of be like this slight build up. Week three not much movement week four because you're moving up there about the halfway point now of the story you're going to have something bigger around week four to five somewhere in there there's going to probably be one of those black and white cut scenes then you're going to go ahead a little bit more than week eight the story comes to an end and then you're sitting there doing nothing for a while until the end of the season right before the start of the next season where you'll get some kind of like denouement that pushes into the next season in this case, Season of the Seraph is going to push into Lightfall. So I'm assuming there's going to be something bigger because that is a major expansion. Whereas last season, it felt like it kind of fell on its face after the mid-season reveal. And it just wasn't very interesting. But yeah, we get eight weeks of story, then nothing. And maybe a final cinematic. And it's kind of dull seeing that. It's really kind of boring doing that over and over again and i can't tell if it's the seasonal model by itself that's doing this or it's the fact that i'm eight years into this and i've been doing this type of repetitive gameplay style now for a good five years almost and i i just don't know exactly what it is but i really would like some more spice and yes i am going to say that i know they need to blueprint this stuff because this is how Bungie can actually put out content on such a regular basis, consistent regular basis. I'm not here to debate the quality of it. 
or if it's any good. I am not going to do that. But I'm saying I understand why they're doing it. And I'm just a little worn out with it. I also know that Joe Blackburn addressed this in a Twitter thread about a week, week and a half, two weeks ago. Basically saying, yeah, we hear you. You know, not in the first two seasons, not Lightfall and season 21 after that. Um, but maybe, you know, like later next year, Lightfall year, they're going to start changing aspects of the seasonal content model because they're now working on that to kind of tune it up to give it a little bit of a refresh. Personally, I think uh, it really needs to be refigured a little bit better. I hope Bungie hires more people so if they have more manpower and more money and resources, they can actually expand maybe the stories, make them a little bit more in-depth. But, you know, you can't put a ton of stuff on them all at once that seems unattainable in such a short, relatively short time period for turnover for when they start iterating it all the way to getting it out the door and launching it. Oh, yes, and the season pass itself, I just think is boring at this point and not very rewarding. Yeah, you get armor pieces. I don't even pick up the armor in the season pass until I'm using it to max out my power level and kind of fill in the gaps to kind of push me up. It's like, oh, well, I need a... My, my lowest armor piece is my uh, cape, my hunter cape. Well, you know, I go into the thing, and it's like, oh, because I have so many other things, this would actually bring up my hunter cape by three points, which would then raise everything else up, and then I can kind of bring myself up more so I can get to the pinnacle cap sooner. I only do it for that. The weapons typically in the season pass, and I'm not talking about the exotic. I'm talking about the regular ones are kind of there to wet your whistle, but if you're playing the seasonal content, you've already got your hands on them. So putting them so far out like that just seems redundant. And the rolls typically aren't very good. But also right now, it most of these passes, at least prior to the start of this current season, had you know uh, planetary materials. We don't need those anymore. Legendary shards. Really? Glimmer? Really? Can we get some more cosmetics? Maybe some extra shaders in there? Maybe some finishers? More than one on occasion. Not all the time. Mix it up. But more cosmetics would be nicer. I'm fine with getting the cosmetic armor set in the past for each of the characters, sure. But I think more cosmetic stuff would be much more appreciated by me moving forward on the pass itself. Now, I did mention power level as well. And I think power level needs an overhaul, if not needs to be completely abolished at this point. The reliance on it is just too much. The, the grind is unnecessary, it feels like. And I know they've tried things to reduce it over time, like... It's only a 10-point increase between each season that's not a season that lands on a major expansion. Well, that's all well and good, but you still have to, for the pinnacle activities, have to grind out 
your pinnacle gear 10 points, which is all random drops again, in addition to grinding out 20 levels minimum on your seasonal artifact. God, I hate that so much, the seasonal artifact grind. I really do. I know it's there to kind of help out people that are a little bit lower level, but Bungie's also been bringing everybody up to a baseline within the reason of it. Anyway, so I just don't see why this needs to continue the way it does. If we're, this Season of the Seraph has activities now where everything is five levels higher than whatever you are. Hey, that's great. So you're arbitrarily making it five levels higher than everything else. Okay, cool. Can we just do that and keep, like, your Master and Grandmaster content on full season? I mean, because we have a contest mode, which makes everything 25 levels higher than you to begin with. These things are like, I know I said don't use blueprints, but this is a blueprint that maybe they should do. So they just get rid of the power grind. That's the thing about the power grind I don't like, is it limits the activities due to a time delay based on how much you're grinding in gameplay, preventing me from accessing content that I actually would rather do instead of the repetitious stuff that I find really dull, like the you know ritual playlist activities, because they haven't been really, really upgraded and touched in a very long time, except some things here and there. I think they need a whole overhaul. And I gotta wait till like what? Later in the season to do master level raids. I gotta wait till later in the season to do Grandmaster Nightfalls. And it's really time consuming to grind up plus 20 or more on your artifact if you want to be near plus your pinnacle level if you want to be at level for the master uh, raid content <sighs> I, I just find it not a rewarding or enriching or deserving at all of my time to continue with this anymore I don't speak for anybody else, but I will take a guess that there are probably people that feel the same way about Power Grind. And I know Bungie hears it. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I hope they do something with it. But it's just not fun for me. It may not be fun for others, too. And that's probably something that you want to look at. But I also think that needs to be looked at are things being released into the game in a semi-complete state. And going back to the GDC thing, I know Bungie's not making the big box game anymore. They're making the train station game. Where everything's on schedule, it's being moved out, and things that don't work exactly perfectly can be fixed later, so it could be perfect later. Okay? Airborne effectiveness should have never been dropped into the game in Season 18 in that incomplete state. I know they were putting it in. I think I saw a commentary from some Bungie devs about it to try it out, to make sure it was actually going to function within the world so then they can add on to it later. It is one of the major pain points in the PvP players. It's contentious. People despise this. It's still in the game. 
and they're only just adding a little bit some pieces more to it. My opinion on airborne effectiveness is it shouldn't have launched at all until we had armor mods and weapon mods that enhance and you can build into with more weapons that were tuned for it that had bonuses or penalties whatever built in and then you make the change you have to give a better suite of things and i just feel it was incomplete and a change like that that's incomplete entering the game is just demoralizing for the player base especially in the activity where it hits and I, I think that uh, should be addressed. Transmog, same thing. Everybody was really excited about, oh, you can change your looks, all that. And then when it was launched, it was launched in a state that was super prohibitive as to how many times you could do it. it still is. How you can earn additional tokens to buy things. It just wasn't all unlocked and you just couldn't do it at will. It was really depressing for people. People that were like the big bungee fashion folks that I know got really, really bummed out by it. And they just didn't want to do it anymore. It sucked the wind right out of their sails. I don't do it that often. I mean, it is what it is. It's something that was added to the game, but it feels like it wasn't fully fleshed out. And it needed people to try it out in-game to kind of help figure out where it needed to go, and it still needs a lot of work. Maybe a public test server on the PC side of things would be a good thing for changes like this. Uh, competitive PvP, the comp rework in Season 19. It felt less like a rework of competitive PvP and more like they slapped a new coat of paint on the glory rank system, renaming them, giving it a new emblem looking thing as it increases, and no rewards. That's incomplete. Zero rewards. How could you launch a rework for something with no rewards? Could you imagine if Trials of Osiris came back and the only reward you got was the privilege of going to the lighthouse and nothing else? You couldn't earn any guns, no armor, no cosmetic items, nothing, just going to the lighthouse. People would lose their freaking minds. PvP community, when they saw the write-up, they were hoping, they were hoping for a long time that Season 19 change was going to be really good. And when they were reading that TWAB where it listed what it was, I could hear their hearts dropping. And the... Most die-hard PvP people I know are still severely disappointed with comp. It's just more of the same with a slightly different coat of paint. It feels incomplete. And I have to tell you, I don't really have a lot of hope for the upcoming loadouts, in-game loadouts, in-game LFG, uh, in-game mod panels, you can change your mods around all in game, so you don't need to rely on third party API uh, manipulating websites and apps such as Destiny Item Manager or even the Bungie's own internal 
you know, mobile app, among things, which, by the way, they had to turn off the API for this past weekend. It just went live again today. Today's Tuesday. This is a weekly reset. It's the first day of the dawning as I'm recording this. And the API went back up today. It was turned off on Friday because there was something going wrong with New Dungeon. There was lots of error codes happening. Again, I know, live service games, things happen. Not every launch is going to be smooth. But when it feels unfinished, that's the perception is when you're getting error coded out of things, things weren't checked out well enough. But there are problems. And that adds to this things that are launching unfinished feeling. Well, you know, you really don't realize how much the player base relies on third-party applications to navigate things in this game until they're gone. Because as the game is right now, it is kind of unfriendly to move your inventory around, to manage your items amongst three different characters without those tools. That's stuff that should have been in the game a very long time ago. It feels for a game that was supposed to be like this FPS, MMO, light shooter experience, that was a quality of life change that should have happened a long time ago. And it didn't. Maybe they didn't have the technology at the time. Maybe they were just learning how to do things and iterating new ways to come up with things while not breaking their own game in the process, which can happen. And I appreciate the hard work. I do. I just wish some of these changes came sooner and the additions felt more polished than they do when they launch. I know velocity is a big thing getting stuff out, keeping it on track and schedule so it doesn't box everything up and push everything back. Sometimes, though, I wish that certain elements would be pushed back a season while the seasonal content keeps rolling out. Like, honestly, the uh, airborne effectiveness stuff, if that was all launched in Season 19 instead of Season 18 with the rest of the stuff in Season 19 that came along with it to help pad it out some more, maybe it would be looked at and evaluated differently. Perception is a big part of the problem. Now, you know, this is these, like I said at the beginning, this is stuff I've been thinking about for a very long time, you know, when dealing with personal tragedy and, you know, sicknesses and stuff like that during the month of November and whatnot. So I decided that I had to look back really on all my time playing this game and to see if the game after eight years still offered value to me. So I did decide that there was some value there and I made a plan. And this was the plan that I had. As the first order of business, I canceled my Lightfall pre-order. Now, hold on, hold on, hear me out. My plan was I was going to remove myself from the seasonal content. That seemed to be the point of contention for me the most of dealing with the same, same, same old, 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 over and over again. And I wanted to remove myself from it. And I thought as to what are the things that bring me the most joy? 
well, it would have been the big expansions, raids, which typically you got the new raid with the big expansion, and a reprised raid was free for everybody, there it is, and the dungeons. Dungeons I would do on a case-by-case -case basis to see if it was, you know, I was interested in doing it if the rewards were up there and valuable and something worth my time. And uh, I was just going to wait. I was going to wait around one to three months when my fall launched to see how the people I know and respect, my friends, and uh, acquaintances, and whatnot, took to it after the initial shininess of a brand new toy, so to speak, wore off. I wanted to see what people thought after that initial few weeks. Campaign is done. The new raid has been beaten. I want to know what people think. All the time-gated elements, which that's another thing I, I just don't like, is the time-gate on an expansion's content. I don't think there should be one. I don't think we should do a little mini quest and wait a week, do a mini quest, wait a week. I, I don't think that should happen. You should just be able to complete it as you want. You paid for an expansion. You should just be able to do it as you want. But I wanted to see what people thought of it. If they were like, yeah, Outrider, you really dig this expansion. Lightfall was awesome. Uh, get in there. We'll get you through the raid. We'll help you level up. We'll do whatever content you want. You know, you'll enjoy yourself. The legendary campaign was a blast, etc. and so on. Strand is phenomenal. It changes how you play the game. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll pick up the base edition and we'll go from there. All right. If I heard some mixed reviews, I'd wait till Lifefall went on sale and pick it up. Um, when, yeah, and basically I played at my own leisure. Not really worry about pushing myself into it. Uh, in the Hidden Guardians podcast itself, you know, Benj plays more than I do. And at this point, he would be playing more than I would. So we would still be able to keep up with the Destiny content, and I would still be able to offer my thoughts on it, and I'd still be engaged to a degree, but not as heavily as I was. Uh, when, oh yes, and I would also uh, do the free events to jump in, because I like the dawning, I do. I know it's silly, I know people hate baking cookies, but I like the overall feel of everything, I like the look of it, I like the little music that goes with it, I like how the tower looks. Festival of the Lost, I love. Guardian Games, eh, I don't like the theme, but I really liked playing Legendary Nightfall. Match made, that was a tremendous amount of fun, especially with the scoring system behind it. Oh, God, bring back Vanguard playlist scoring from Destiny 1. Please do that. Give us another, give us like a mayhem mode for the strike playlist. Please, something. I'm talking about why it needs an overhaul. Same thing with Gambit. But yeah, I would do the free events because you get in there, yeah, you get some interesting gear, interesting loot, you know. There's now titles for it. Some of them are kind of cool. But that was fun. Uh, when Final Shape rolled around, I was going to buy it at launch, just the basic edition. I completed it at my leisure, and then when I was done with it, I'd move on to other games. Because I think I've reached the point where I have to kind of 
take Destiny out of my priority because I've played thousands and thousands of hours between the two games, Destiny and Destiny 2. And, you know, it's same. Same is comforting. But that comforting feeling you can start to resent because it doesn't feel like they're pushing boundaries. And I know they're trying to maintain a healthy work-life balance. I know Bungie's doing that, and I applaud them for doing that. I really wish sometimes they would cut loose, kind of like the 30th anniversary pack did, which I thought was spectacular. But that, that's where I was going to go. And the, the one thing that I also you know, started having a little bit of an issue with was kind of the pricing of everything. Remember when I pre-ordered the humongous kit and caboodle for the Witch Queen, which also included the 30th anniversary pack, the dungeon pack, all four seasons, and the expansion itself. It costs like $100. $105.99, I think. Because you know, you're bundling it all together. PlayStation Store, this is U.S. pricing. $105.99. I knew I was going to get a year's worth of content out of it. And I did. Easily. When the Lightfall pre-order went up for the big kit and caboodle, which was Lightfall, all four seasons, you know, some cosmetics that you get, and the Dungeon Pass, those three things was $105.99. The cost of it all went up. And I was getting less content than what I got the year before. And I've seen the price kind of creeping up over time. You know, cost does go up. I'm, I'm fine with that. But it kind of reaches a point where is the cost I'm paying now presenting the same amount of value? And it wasn't. So that's part of the reason why I canceled my pre-order. Because I thought it was there was other things I could get and still have some money so I can get the base lightfall if it warranted it. So that was my plan. I say was. Because something else happened. After I came up with this, and I started getting very, you know, open about me not continuing all the time, taking some extended time off, I was really looking forward to not playing Season of the Seraph at all, jumping in for the dawning, because I like to do that, and maybe towards the end of the season, just kind of hammering through all the story missions on my own, in one gigantic chunk, just so I get the story now. And then one day I saw rumors hitting online about a collaboration between Destiny 2 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I know you're thinking to yourself, what are you talking about? And then it came out, it was true, that Bungie was releasing Assassin's Creed Valhalla skins and stuff into the game, and Ubisoft was getting a pack with the same in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm not against collaborations. I actually really like the Fortnite one. But unlike Epic Games, Ubisoft has a continuing problem with sexual harassment at the workplace, unfair wages, management that doesn't listen and ignores the problems, 
litany of things. I know a lot of major companies have done this. Riot Games have done this. Activision Blizzard has happened. CD Projekt Red has had problems with it. Bungie has had problems with it. I mean, Pete Parsons came out and he did an entire blog post about it and how they were going to do better. And he was like pointing out all the things that were improvements that they're trying to initialize to change the culture of the work environment, but also, you know, the mistakes they made to get to that point and how they're rectifying those mistakes. And, you know, this is, Bungie's a very progressive-facing, forward-facing company that is extremely social positive, that has a lot of backings, they do charitable contributions, they, you know, they, Black Lives Matter, trans rights, LGBTQ rights. You know, they, they try to really kind of put their hearts on their sleeve as a company. And I see them do a collaboration with a company whose president in an Axios interview that I read basically said, no, we fixed the problem. We've done our internal things. I guess they just don't, this new generation just doesn't like to be harassed. And I am paraphrasing badly at this point, but how could this progressive, socially forward-facing company do a collaboration with a company that doesn't really respect their, cut, their, their employees? And this is still ongoing. The problem with the employees are still happening. It's still being documented. They're trying to unionize. And it's like this dogfight to get recognition that there's still stuff going wrong. I remember one of the, it's the, 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 the brothers, the Guillaume brothers are the, the ones that own the company. They were in one division and because they were listed as a harasser, I think they were moved, just moved to a different division. Depending on the outcome, they should have been removed from the company. As somebody that grew up Catholic, I sit there and I, I, I kind of look at this like, oh, ex-priest in such a parish, uh, people said that they were you know, a pedophile and they moved them to a different parish instead of throwing them out of the priesthood, as they should have fucking done. You can't cure a toxic work environment by keeping the entities that may have been the issues that causing the problems still there. It doesn't fix anything. So this really shocked me when I saw Bungie doing this cross-promotion. And that was the last straw for me. That was the moment where I lost trust in Bungie as a company. I think the employees there are wonderful and they're extremely talented and they create and they put their heart in everything they do and they make memories for people. But on the corporate level, that is such a bad look. And what gets me more was a lot of people in the community 
that also espouse, you know, oh yeah, Bungie, you're doing great. You know, this charity work, and yeah, you're progressive and all this stuff. We love you for doing this. Had amnesia that anything went wrong at Ubisoft and is still going wrong there. And I just find that disheartening. When it came to the cyberpunk game, and there was issues of problems in the workplace with excessive crunch hours, with some transphobic and uh, homophobic imagery used in the game, specifically it was transphobic advertisement in game in cyberpunk that, you know, people are just like, it's the future, it's supposed to be a commodification. It's like, I think you could have done it a lot better. I, th I think you could have done it better than what you did and still got the point across. But they just kind of poo-pooed it. I lost all respect for CD Projekt Red. I canceled my pre-order for the Cyberpunk Collector's Edition with the big statue and everything. It was like a $250 thing before tax in the U.S. Canceled it. I don't want it. I'm not going to support it. The new Witcher game that they're going to be doing could be the greatest thing on the fucking planet and I'll never play it. Every holiday for the past few years, my wife would get me a Ubisoft title because, you know, sometimes all the collection stuff on the map is a little bit ridiculous. But I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Origins. I had a great time playing as Bayak of Siwa. And a better time playing as his wife at the end. I had a phenomenal time with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So much I got all the DLC for it. Playing as Cassandra, going around the Mediterranean, wreaking havoc, dealing with Grecian gods, and living the Spartan life, so to speak. It was a tremendous amount of fun. I didn't get to play Valhalla. I just didn't really want to get into it right now. I needed a break. But when the stuff with Ubisoft came out, it was after I got Assassin's Creed Odyssey that it really hit the fan. We stopped buying Ubisoft across the board. I won't touch them. Activision Blizzard will not touch Activision Blizzard, specifically Blizzard products, after the nonsense that they've done. I will not touch things by Riot Games. They could be increasing their work culture and making it good, making it better for the people there, but the damage with me is done. There's no trust in those companies any longer. I trust their employees to make spectacular pieces of work that could be extremely enjoyable, that could be artistic. But I can't support the companies that they work for, unfortunately. And when Bungie decided to do a collaboration with Ubisoft, that did it for me. And uh, I just can't do it. It sucks. I wanted to play The Dawning, which started today, but I won't do it. I paid for Season 19. I paid for Spire of the Watcher, that new dungeon that came out, and I won't play it. So that's where I'm at in my state of the game for 2022. Is officially, I am out of Destiny 2. I will not be playing in it anymore. We will still cover it here on the podcast, but it won't be me doing so.
many coverages will be done by bench. And that's up to him if he wants to keep playing it or not. I'm not going to hold him to it. And nor will I hold any uh, negative opinions about anybody that do play this game. That's fine. Play what you want. I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve on certain things. That might get me into trouble. It might limit the amount of things I find enjoyable. But I got to tell you, because I kind of stopped playing, I started playing other things. And I found so much enjoyment in quite a few different titles that I've played over the past few months that it's just night and day. It's night and day. And I know folks would be like, you know, this was, you just needed a break. And I think it was more than that. I think I needed to stop playing something, regardless of the quality level, which I did think was pretty good for what was offered on a seasonal basis. And the expansions, yes, I, I did like. But it really, looking back on it, the last time I was really, really hyped up about a change in the game was when Beyond Light came out. Because at least that felt risky with stasis for how hot it was. It felt like they were really kind of going to go out of the box. Instead, they just kept polishing the box more. You know, it's just repainting the train station, polishing the floors, making it look nice, trying to keep everything running on schedule. You always know what to expect when you're in a train station. Once in a while, though, I, I kind of want, you know, to not be in the train station anymore waiting for the same thing to come through. I kind of want to step off the platform and get into a Maserati or something and take off down the road on a different way and a different path. And that's kind of where I'm at with Destiny. Is It's it's time to move on. I'm not going to say it's, it's easy. I do miss uh, playing the game with my friends and my clanmates. But as I said, there's other games out there. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, for example, that's that's one. I know there's people in the, my clan right now that want to play it, and also people back in Space Canada are all gearing up for it in the Hunter's Lodge. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to have two different characters on this one, one for each. I'm going to learn a whole bunch of new weapons. It's going to be fantastic. Monster Hunter games, that could give you a year's worth of playtime easy, especially with their expansion. I'll have a whole bunch of solo games to do. We are going to have um, announcements coming up regarding the future of the Hidden Guardians podcast. We don't want to go away. I'm going to say that right now. I'm trying to put you at ease. We don't want to go away. But we do want to change some things. We do want to change some things. Venge and I had a long sit-down talk over our break. And um, we came up with some ideas that we want to push forward and I have to work through some things for the remainder of December to see if I can get them ready for January. Uh, we will announce when it's going to go live here on the show. Uh, we will try maybe to get it 
one more show recorded before December's up in 2022. I can't make a promise on that. Um, I'll leave that up to Vengeance of what he wants to talk about. And maybe we'll just talk about whatever else. I don't know. But we will uh, see what we can do. If we can't, we'll be back in uh, January 2023. Uh, I ha Hopefully, what we have to say is going to be exciting. Because we kind of want to offer a little bit more than what we're doing right now. And we need to do something a little bit fresher than just the audio recording that we do when we get it out there. And we also think our audience that has been loyal that and we you don't understand how much we do appreciate you sticking with us i know we're not the biggest out there we're kind of small but we appreciate every single person that listens that has ever given us a try i can still look at our metrics and see all the different countries that we've been at least somebody has at least clicked once to give us a shot. And they'd be like, oh, there's shit. You know, that's fine. But she gave us a shot. And we, we kind of want to get some more people in there. And we want to get some more interaction. And that's kind of what we're aiming at doing. So uh, stay tuned. We'll let you know when it's ready to go live. And uh, we'll have some interesting things coming in the future. In the meantime, I'm Outrider. I'm no longer in the dark zone. I'm now the guardian that is up in the Cosmodrome in the one ship whose ghost said, no, he doesn't want to come out anymore. He's been through a war for a very long time and he wants to rest. So now, lore-wise, that's Outrider 45 in Destiny 2. If you remember that from the vanilla D2 campaign. It was D2 campaign. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, I think. I can't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> but thank you for listening. Have a happy holidays if you celebrate. If not, just have a good day. I hope you're all healthy, happy, and safe. And we'll be talking to you as soon as we can, if not this month, back in January 2023. Be well, everybody. Bye-bye now.